So we're picking up the series of Christmas Carol. Um, I came back right before my favorite holiday, which is Christmas, and we're going to start by looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35, and the story of Simeon. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout. Boy, if you ever lived to say, I want to have something put on my tombstone, that's what I want on my tombstone. He was righteous and devout. That would be pretty cool. Looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. So guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform what was customary under the law, this was a baby dedication and circumcision kind of uh, place. They would bring the, the young boys in and present them. And a lot like we do, we bring our kids on, ta- on stage and we say, we as a church are going to pray for them. It's a dedication moment. Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now here's the Christmas carol. Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace, as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. What a great song. His father and mother were amazed what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and the rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. And the sword will pierce your own heart and soul, and the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I love this story, and it reminds us and points us to the fact that the Christmas story is about anticipation. Do you realize the Christmas story is about anticipation? If not, let's ask the kids in the room. Because if you ask the kids, do you know how long it is to Christmas? And they're like, to the day or to the time we open presents? Because they probably have a countdown, right? Yeah, I know, exactly. (laughs) And for whatever reason, if it's a school day, you have to drag your kids out of bed, right? And like pour hot water on them or cold water on them or whatever. Cold water's probably better. Hot water might be bad. (laughs) First day back, people. Um, and they, you know, you have to do all this stuff, but on Christmas Day, five o'clock in the morning, y'all awake yet? Right, right, you know? And they come in, they're all excited, and they've been like, oh, I can't wait to open the present. I don't want to eat. I don't want to, let's open the present. You know, they're excited. The anticipation is palpable, right? Do we do that as adults? The Christmas story for us is sometimes lost. Because, yeah, we anticipate Christmas, but for some, Christmas means, well, I've got to go be around those people that I call family. I mean, I get to be around those people I call family, right? And you get to do two or three Christmases, and you get to clean your house, yay, that you haven't cleaned since Thanksgiving Day, right? And you get to cook And you like cooking, but not for 42 people. And guess what? It's your year, right? And all of this stuff, and you get to find a way to balance the budget so everybody gets just the right gift. And then you find out two days before Christmas that your kid is no longer into Legos. Now they're into Star Wars. And you're like, great, right? 
And so you sit here and you struggle and it's somewhere along the line you want to like Christmas because who doesn't like Christmas? But you've lost the meaning and it somehow feels distant to you. Or maybe you still get excited for Christmas, but maybe you've lost the anticipation of Christmas as Simeon meant it. You see, we celebrate Christmas every year as a reminder of the gift that God has given us. And we put presents under a tree to remind us that the greatest present the world has ever known came in the form of a baby and was brought down to earth. Emmanuel, God, is with us. And yeah, the tree foreshadows the coming tree that would he be crucified on on Easter. And in the context of this, we can get so caught up in the life and the this is the ritual, this is the way we go through life, that we miss the glory of what Jesus did through giving himself to us. Do you still anticipate the Christmas story? Maybe it's because we celebrate it every year. No, we should celebrate it every year. We need a reminder. We need that, that moment. But do you realize that the Christmas story for Simeon was not something that happened every year. In fact, he was an old man. I'll let you decide at what age that was. He was an old man and had waited his whole life for this present to come. Now, kids, you think it's hard to wait another two or three days, right? But can you imagine having to wait till you're like, I don't know, 70 years old to open your Christmas presents? Here he was, who's waited his whole life for this present to come. And when the present came, it was amazing. Now you think that is a long time. The reality is the Christmas story had been anticipated since the beginning of time. Back in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve began to know the difference between good and evil, they only knew good. And when they ate of the tree that they weren't supposed to eat, and they all of a sudden knew what was evil, since that time, their whole life, the entirety of humanity had longed for the present to come, had longed for Christmas Day to come, and it wasn't coming every year. It didn't even come until, well, the Old Testament completed its fruition. And what we find through the Old Testament is the people longing, anticipating the story coming. We, we see some examples of the Old Testament scripture telling of the coming of Christ. That the Messiah would be born of a virgin in Isaiah 7. That the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, Micah 5. That the Messiah would bring about an eternal kingdom, Psalms 89 and 2 Samuel 7. You getting excited about this present? I mean, it's going to be pretty awesome. It's bringing about an eternal kingdom. That the Messiah would come from the line of David, Isaiah 11 and Jeremiah 23. Not to mention the prophecies of his life, how he'd be riding on a donkey, Zechariah 9. How he would suffer on our behalf, Isaiah 53, and on and on and on. And what you find is every story throughout the Old Testament, whether it's the story of the kinsman redeemer and Ruth, to God's deliverance through Esther, through David being the heart and the passion and the man of God, that every story whispers the coming of Christmas Day. In fact, the Old Testament is the like foreshadowing of Christmas. 
yay, Christmas. Uh, let me say that again, because I think you need to get a little more excited. <laughs> the Old Testament, thousands of years, led up to the initial Christmas day. Now here's Simeon going, it's come! <laughs> I've been gone too long. Did you not let y'all talk? Because I'm going to talk about that. The reality is, Christmas was here. What did it mean? It meant salvation was here. But do you know why we sometimes don't get excited about what Christ is doing? You know, sometimes we, we just kind of go through life. So I want to especially speak to the adults in the room for a moment. And I want to ask you, when was the last time you, anticipate, you had an anticipation about what God wants to do in your life? Because Simeon, he was like, <laughs> God is here? But when was the last time you anticipated God doing something in your life? We'll say, Daniel, Drew just kind of walked us through the, the discipleship pathway, absolutely. And I practiced the discipleship pathway while I was on sabbatical. In fact, I understand the struggle of that because you know what? Like, if I was a PGA Tour golfer, you know what I would not want to do on vacation? Play golf. So when I was a pastor and I went away on sabbatical, you know what I had to fight? The tendency to go, check out. Probably didn't want to hear that, did you? But the reality is, when you work through the disciplines and you walk and you, you begin to realize how good and great and gracious God is, right? And it's the day-to-day -day walking, and we talk about that all the time, the walking, the drawing closer to the presence of God, because God is here that will propel you. But sometimes in your life, God wants you to leap. When was the last time you leaped? in your faith. One of the quotes I read, I'm not actually going to quote, I'm just going to paraphrase it and, and read this and say this to you that I came across. So this, sometimes, right, we miss the anticipation of what Christmas is all about. We, we miss what God wants to do in our life because if reality strikes and Jesus came back right now, the anticipation of him coming back and taking us to heaven, we'd be like, wait, I still have some things left to do on this earth. Or we'd be like, I don't really know. And so what that says is your life isn't reflecting the life of worship that glorifies God. In other words, your life is not the Christmas carol you think it is. Welcome back, Daniel. Thanks. Because we go through life and we treat it like a mundane routine instead of realizing God is here. What if every day was Christmas? It is. But what if you gave your kids presents every day? You think they would become spoiled and entitled? Are you saying that about me? 
do you understand what it means to have salvation in your life? The fact that God is here. You see, the light came down into earth, as it says in John, right? And it shines through our lives and squelches the darkness. And maybe, just maybe, this needs to be one of those times where you say, I'm going to fully grasp what it means to have God in my life. I'm going to accept the present of his presence in my life and the things that I've been shackled with, I'm no longer just going to walk through and excuse, but maybe right here, right now, I'm going to say fear needs to die. Maybe right here, right now, I need to say racism is going to die. Maybe right here, right now, you need to say injustice is going to die. Maybe right near, addiction needs to die. Anxiety needs to die. The affair needs to die. Whatever it is that you're hiding in the corner of your life, you aren't embracing the light of God in your life. Instead, you are fooling yourself, and it shows in our lives when we sit here and we treat church like, praise God from Christmas is here. That's right. Let's act like it. Let's get excited. And if you're not excited about the Christmas story, maybe you're missing out on what it really means. Now, let's, let's unpack this a little farther because this is where we get a little dangerous. Okay? This is where sometimes denominations divide, and I, and I, I just want to be very careful I, I'm going to point to the scripture in this, okay? In our life, when we go, God is here for me. Wow, this is the greatest gift I've ever received. And we make it about us. It's a little bit scary. But God wants you to have markers in your life. That's what I mean by a leap and a bound. Like, just like when I got married, I had a wedding ceremony. Can you get married without the wedding ceremony? Yep. You know what it takes, according to the government? A piece of paper. Were well, you supposed to say, I do? I know. But you don't really have to. You realize that? Why do you have the ceremony? As a marker? Well, no, it's actually because I want to wear the white dress. <laughs> I get that, too. <laughs> but it's actually as a, it's designed and supposed to be a marker that says, I remember when I promised to live for you, right? You need those markers in your life. But here's the danger. When we make those markers about us let me explain it to you like this way I, I told you we went to disney world right and when we were at disney world we went on the safari ride and the girl had jokes it was great the girl leading the safari ride had jokes and one of the jokes we came around this corner and she said y'all wouldn't want to play a bunch of card games with the the people up here on the left because they're a bunch of cheetahs about half the people laughed about half the people booed it was pretty funny but then a guy in the back yelled up from the front you ain't lying And she said, the girl driving, doing the ride, she goes, oh, that's good. I'm going to have to add that to my uh, repertoire, right? And that's the day that Daniel Berry's joke lived on at Walt Disney World. <laughs> See you next week. No, but here's the reality, right? We all want to have those moments that we can look back and go, I did that, right? We want to have a marker. We want to be remembered. We want to have a legacy. There's nothing wrong with that except when we make it about us. 
Did you get it? When we turn the marker that Christ gave us, those moments in our life when he shows up and we make it about our legacy. When you ring the salvation bell, you think, man, I'm so holy. When you take your neighbors that unexpected gift and you go, well, I hope they know that I'm doing this because I am awesome Christian. Maybe sometimes when you come back and you sit there and you go, boy, I hope I can still remember how to preach and they still like me. How easily we twist and turn the story of what God has done for us about us. You know why some of you resent Christmas? You're going to go through a whole lot of work and you're going to feel underappreciated. I thought this would be worth it, right? Everybody's supposed to, at least you could get along. Mama, all she wants is 24 hours where she didn't have to send any of you to your rooms. You got that? And when Uncle Tom gives you that gift, act like you like it. No offense to Tom in the room. It's not about you. So how do we make sure that the marker of our faith doesn't become about us. The story of Simeon. 29, verse 33, Luke 2. Now, Master, this is the song, more than just the words he said. This is the song of his life. Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, isn't that about me? No. It's about recognizing that God has given us the greatest gift the world has ever known. My eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all your people. It's not just about me. It's about all of us. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. What? That's not just the people in the church? No, it's the people outside the church. And the glory to the people Your people, Israel. Salvation has come not just for me, but for everyone. How do you make sure your marker isn't about your destiny, your legacy, but the glory of God when it doesn't become about you? Salvation is here. What are you doing with it? Full disclosure. One of the things that occurred to me over these six weeks um, where I was away and praying in it was how difficult, I know some of you are going to be like, duh, we've been wanting you to know this for years, okay, I got it. How difficult it must be for some of you in the environments in which you live, breathe, and work to follow Jesus. I understand that. I don't understand it. You get it? I can't put myself in your shoes, but I, and some of you are like, but Daniel, you get to study the Bible for a living, what up? I have to like get up at five, I'm going to beat my kids awake, not beat my kids. That's not what I meant. Wake up before my kids.
And when I do so, like I have to, and then they're going to be demanding and then I got to go to a job where there's no one that's a believer and I'm going to come home and my spouse doesn't know the Lord and, and I just want to find the presence of God and somehow I want this to matter and I just sit here and I go, why is this so hard? Because they, other people haven't accepted the gift of Jesus. But it shouldn't rob you. And in my life, what I realize is, you know what I do for a living? I study the Bible. And I talk to you about it. And I tell you how good God is. But if I'm not careful, what I end up doing is make the talking about God my religion instead of really being alone in the presence of God. And the reality is, as God shines his light in your life, the ultimate way that you change, the ultimate way that you take this life and live it to its fullest is when you let the light of the world shine into the darkness of your life. So in other words, those things that you are struggling with, the anxiety or whatever, I believe that God might say, this is a marker right now that can dissipate. Now hear me, sometimes that's through medicine. Right? But God doesn't want you to live in anxiety. Why? Because the Bible says so. Be anxious about nothing. That God doesn't want you to live in that secret affair. That God doesn't want you to live with this or that or this or the addiction. That in your life, do you believe, do you truly believe that God himself came down to give you the gift of hope where the addictions can be gone? That the darkness can be drowned out. That your marriage in 2020 can be better than it was before you even started dating. Well, say that, duh, that was a bad way to say that. When you first got married. That, that your kids can turn the corner and walk in a way of their faith that they've never done before? Or do you live with the anticipation that next year's going to be worse? Or do you live with the anticipation that the world's going to keep getting worse until Jesus comes, so come, Lord Jesus. Yeah, I get it. I want Jesus to come too. But do you believe that God still does stuff? He does. And when we live with the anticipation of the light drowning out, drowning out the darkness and we don't make it about our spiritual narcissism or we don't make it about our spiritual I want what I want but rather the glory of the light of the world being for all people, that's when we change. In other words, take the darkness of your life the thing that you need to change and say, God, how can this be gone from my life to bring you glory? Anybody in Celebrate Recovery want to say amen? Any sober moms want to say amen? See, we have ministries around here that kind of support that. I could do some other ones, but um, I feel like I already called too many people out with those two. God does amazing things when you actually accept the presence of his presence. It doesn't mean life's easy. In fact, what does Simeon, Simeon say? He says, the story of salvation is about coming to us, and the story of salvation is coming to all. But then he speaks to his father and mother, 
and basically says, Mary, your life's going to be hard. Glory to God. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? what? Your life's going to be difficult. Praise God. And sometimes what we have to realize is, as we follow Jesus, life may be even more difficult than when we don't. Love you. And sometimes I need to tell you that as a pastor, I need to tell you that you will have to fight cultural persuasion. You might lose friends. You might even lose relatives for the sake of following Jesus. It means that you will be challenged by your own personal convictions. It means that you will experience brokenness more times than you can count. But it means God has come and therefore it will be worth it. Because in the most trying circumstances, it's so great to have the presence of God because that's what it is about. Emmanuel, God is with us. And as he begins to, in the relationship we have through accepting that he died on the cross for us, and saying, I want to be in a relationship with you, God, not be just a faithful church attender, but I want to have you in my life in a relationship kind of way, that as we begin to allow him more and more of our life, then when those struggles come, when, when those obstacles come, the light begins to drown out the darkness. The light begins to drown out the darkness. the light begins to drown out the darkness and we become changed. So what about it? When was the last time you looked with anticipation for God doing something amazing in your life? So that the peace, love, joy, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control could come in. When was the last time you said, yeah, I'm going to be faithful in walking, but I need, I need a leap here. I, I, need a, I need a giant step forward. God, I need, to, I need you to just take this and don't do it just for selfish reasons, but say and promise that it's about God's glory and his light going into the rest of the world. So here's our Monday morning application. I'd like you to look with anticipation for the marker moments where the presence of God changes you. I'm going to go another step forward. I didn't do this in the last service, but I want to go another step forward. I want you to pray with expectation that a marker moment happens in your life in 2020. Maybe it's today. But it's not 2020 yet. We can just be that excited. But have the faith that God wants to do that. And then I want you to make it about glorifying God. You see, a little over 2,000 years ago, God came into flesh and dwelt amongst us. And as Simeon said, it's for his glory. A light to everyone that all who receive him can have his presence. This is the Christmas story. It should be the carol of our heart 365 days a year. Say, Daniel, you love Christmas carols. Yes. Because it should be our everyday existence. Living in the anticipation of God drawing us closer to him. 
and believe that he will do something great. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we'd love for you to connect with us in the next step space out there and let us to tell you what that looks like. If you're online, we'd love to have you just contact the church office. You can go to yourcalvary.info and connect with us there. But we want to know you. We want to help you to know what it means to follow him. To let Emmanuel live with you. Church, let's let the light shine. What would it look like if our small groups really didn't make it about ourselves? What would it look like if our ministries, if we were really the church that wasn't about trying to find the right little click in the right community for us, but rather said this community of all of us is for all of us? I mean, you can't have friends, but you know what I'm saying? What would it look like if we really said God's going to do something and we didn't sit there and go, yeah, life's going to be awful. What would it look like if we reflected Jesus when the world says your life is awful? Let's find out together. So God, move in our lives, in our midst. Help us with anticipation to expect you to do great things. Thank you for the gift of the Christmas story that has come and continues to come in our lives. Take us each day and draw us closer to your presence, God. We pray for the shackles of sin to fall at the foot of the cross today. And we pray that in the power of the name of Jesus, not for our own glory and not because of anything that we can do, but because your son was raised from the dead and has overcome death and overcome evil and overcome darkness. Let your light shine in us. Change us from within and glow to the world. We pray these things in the power of your resurrected name, the name of Jesus.